I'm going to talk about a subject that at the mention of the word sometimes sends chills down Christian's spine. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about <clears throat> holiness. I know some of you go, oh no. Holiness is a word that's been twisted and misunderstood more than any other word in the Bible. <clears throat> Holiness leaves a, a bad taste in people's mouths. Something like, I don't know, lima beans. You realize that, you know, theoretically, they might be good for you, but it still makes you gag. <clears throat> That's the way holiness is. You know, St. Augustine famously prayed, Lord, grant me holiness, but not yet. Now, there's lots of Christians that relate to his prayer. They relate to holiness as God's way of being a divine, maybe, killjoy. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe the idea of holiness, maybe some of the teachings on holiness that you've received in the past have caused you more guilt than freedom and joy. But I want to say this. Holiness has gotten a bad rap. They, when, the, when the, the, the word holiness is used today, it's not generally uh, a compliment. Oh, he's, he, he's so holy, you know. Uh, it's more likely to, uh, you know, we're more likely to picture the Pharisees more than picturing Jesus in our mind. Holiness often carries a feeling of being a burden and a drudgery. Just a bunch of do's and don'ts. Uh, some impossible bar that we must uh, uh, try to achieve. Some impossible moral perfection. So because of all that, when we read passages in the scripture like, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't, <clears throat> you didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. I don't know about you, but I, in the past I've read that and it sounds more like a threat than an invitation. Now, this is a big problem, this misunderstanding, because holiness is actually central to the Christian life. The Bible tells us that, that holiness is indispensable 
to our welfare, both in this world and in the world to come. You know, the writer of Hebrews states this. He says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. You know, all of the words that, of all the words that describe the Christian life, holiness needs the most rehabilitation. Though the Bible um, calls us to holiness, this grim, strict, legalistic version of holiness isn't what God is inviting us into. The scripture speaks of the beauty of holiness. But too often we turn it into something that is, 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 is harsh and bizarre and heavy. You know? The word holiness in the, in, the, in the scripture, in the Hebrew scriptures, literally means to be separated or to be set apart. We tend to think of, of this as being separated from sin, from the world, uh, from immorality. And certainly there is an aspect of that to holiness. But it would be better, you know, it, it's better understood as uh, being dedication to something. Dedication. Scripture presents uh, uh, the separation of holiness uh, not primarily as separation from something, but uh, separation to something, okay? or separation to someone, in the case of us Christians. Holiness in the Bible defines it as, uh, uh, you know, as the Bible defines it, is first and foremost being exclusively given to God, exclusively devoted to God. See? And only separated from the things that, which would, would hinder any, anything that would get in between us and God. Anything that would hinder intimacy, closeness with him. See, many Christians view holiness like they do celibacy. You know, primarily concerned with what you abstain from. And, and, and because of that, no wonder holiness seems so unattractive. But the picture of the, that the Bible, biblical holiness uh, uh, offers us is that of a marriage, not of, uh, of celibacy. Uh, it does include, like, like uh, you know, we, we call marriage, holy matrimony, because it does include vows that, um, you know, uh, separate oneself to abstain from all other lovers, 
See? However, the point of marriage is not in abstaining from something. The purpose of marriage is to be fully devoted to one's spouse. To be united with them exclusively. To delight in the other, you know, you know to delight in one another and to be one with one another. For most, you know, for too many Christians, the focus of holiness is in giving things up, avoiding this, not doing that. See? They define holiness, you know, almost completely in negative terms. You know, not long before becoming a Christian, uh, I mean, after becoming a Christian, I, uh, a, a well-meaning older Christian that I looked up to, uh, uh, he, had, he had me convinced that if I wanted to live a holy life, I had to deny myself and get rid of all my rock music. All the music that I loved, all the music I grew up with, you know, and you know, he said God would be pleased with me and I would feel good. Well, I wanted to please Jesus more than anything else, so I listened to him and I threw out all my, my recordings, all the, the stacks of records that I had, threw them all out. See? And, um, but instead of making me feel good, instead of making me, giving me joy feeling close to God, it made me feel miserable. So I became a closet rock and roller. I, I, you know, I had my little, I used to, I would sneak around with my transistor radio with the earplug, listening to the Stones and Pink Floyd and, you know, and Zeppelin and all my music, you know. This only made me feel even more guilty now and depressed. See? Instead of a, you know, a, a being a blessing, holiness became a millstone that was placed around my neck. <clears throat> you know, and I probably would not have made it as a Christian with that mentality had I not eventually learned that falling <clears throat> in love with Jesus was a far better deterrent from sin and a, a far better encouragement towards holiness than something based on avoiding sin or keeping a whole bunch of rules. Falling in love. Focusing on loving Jesus rather than keeping this long list in my back pocket all the time that I could never, ever perfectly live up to. Funny thing is, the more I focused my life on falling in love with Jesus, being in love with him, being devoted to him, guess what? I was able to keep a lot of those things that, was on my, that were on my list, you know? Without, without the feeling of guilt, without the burden, with a sense of freedom. <clears throat> 
You see, holiness is not about avoidance and self-denial self-denial for its own sake. Biblical holiness is about complete union with Christ, being united to him in a relationship grounded not in rules, but in love. And holiness is a protection. It's only to protect this oneness, this intimacy with Christ, and, uh, and, and you know, and, and, and keep, keeping away things that only hinder my relationship, my closeness with him. Holiness is not about what you give up. It's about what you gain. It's about intimacy with Christ. Defining holiness uh, as avoiding sin is like defining marriage as avoiding adultery. And just as any good marriage is more than avoiding adultery, true holiness is more than avoiding sin. Nevertheless, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's definitely more than that. See? This is the mistake that a lot of Christians who, who define holiness as primarily what should be avoided rather than staying close to the one that, you know, that we can enjoy and, 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 and find peace and rest in. We need to learn to see holiness not so much as a state of behavior, how we behave, but as a state of relationship. I have a holy relationship. I have a devoted relationship. I, I, am, I stay close to Jesus, I, which makes me, which puts me in a state of, of holiness. You know, there are things that we must deny in, in, in pursuing intimacy with God. You know, that is part of holiness. Uh, just as ending all past romantic attachments was part of getting married. See? Jesus said, whoever desires to come to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There, there's an obvious element of self-denial in these words. But the point is to follow Jesus, to be exclusively with him and for him. See? You know, we have, to, we have to realize that any time the Lord calls us to deny ourselves, it's not so he can deprive us of something, but it's so he can give us something much better. See? Himself. So if the idea of holiness leaves a bad taste in your mouth, try this. 
Stop defining holiness primarily by what you give up and realize that the essence of true holiness is intimacy with Christ. Stop um, making rule keeping the measure of holiness and begin defining holiness not in terms of what you avoid, but who you enjoy, the person that you want to be closest to. And one, one final thing, like marriage, holiness is a decision. Holiness is a choice, a commitment that we make. There's an old saying, marriages may be made in heaven, but they're worked out here on earth. A good marriage doesn't just happen. It takes, it takes effort, moral effort, work, a labor of love. See? And the same goes for a living a life of holiness, a life that pleases God. It does take effort. It does take decision-making. I have to decide. I have to choose. Not just once when I went to the altar to receive Jesus, but every day. I make these decisions. Will I please Jesus or will I please myself? Will I compromise or will I be devoted? I make these decisions all the time. See? You see, we don't just drift aimlessly into holiness. You see, there's work. Again, moral effort. That, you know, when I say moral effort, it's, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about making a choice to say, yes, I will trust you. Yes, I will obey, nevertheless. You know, not my will, but yours. These are choices that we all make. He didn't create us, or when we put it this way, because we are made in the image of God, we are not made in the image of robots. He wants a love relationship with us. We were created for a love relationship. This, and, and God took a chance in, in creating human beings with free will, that we would have a choice. And many times we would choose the wrong thing. He, made, he took a chance. Love took a chance on us to keep, because he wanted a true love relationship. So, these are, we make these choices every day. And that's what living a practical, holy life in the here and now is all about. Learning to say yes. Yes, Lord. Help me to follow your word. Help me to trust you. Help me to make the sacrifices that are necessary for a good, intimate relationship. It's the same thing with the marriage, isn't it? Making these choices every day with your spouse. You have to decide to commit to it. And you have to make that decision over and over and over. See? Hebrews 12, 14 says, work at living in peace with everyone and work 
at living a holy life. That means make those choices over, over, and over. You know, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. You know, where to work, we were to make, in another translation is make every effort to live holy, you know, uh, and godly lives. Again, this isn't legalism, you know. It, it, it's not religious self-effort. I can make myself holy. It's not that. It's the daily effort involved in making good choices. It's the continual effort it takes to decide to pursue a love relationship with Jesus and surrender yourself, your will, your ego, to his spirit who is living in you. See? And, and as you yield control to Christ, his spirit living in you, he makes his home in you, mingling his holy life with your life. See? And as you surrender to him, his holiness becomes your holiness. See? Your trust, your submission frees him to live his life in and through you. It's not your job, you know, to, to, to make holiness happen in you. You cannot make yourself holy. Only Jesus can make us holy. See? His life in us. Remember he says, I stand at the door and I knock. That is, this is a, um, a, a statement not to um, uh, unbelievers. This is to the church. He stands at the door of our heart. Let me in and I will fellowship. Just let me in. And that's a choice that we make every day. Make space for me. I can live this life with you. I can help you. I can give you what you cannot produce by your, your own efforts, my holiness, my devotion. That devotion that he had to his father, that could be in you. The challenge is surrendering moment by moment to Christ and letting him make his holy, uh, letting him make us holy. See? Freeing him to express his holiness in and through us. No amount of resolutions, no amount of sermons, Bible studies, self-help books, no amount of workshops and conferences can make you holy. There was only one thing to be done in our pursuit of holiness, and that is to submit yourself to God. Not just intellectually, not just theoretically, but truly giving yourself to God over and over and over daily. 
which means continually submitting, continually seeking his kingdom first. Just like in a marriage, a life of holiness is an ongoing series of day-to-day, moment-by-moment choices and decisions. That's the moral effort that you must choose to make every day. It's the cultivation of a love relationship. That's what the, the you know, holiness is, you know, the essence of holiness, a devoted relationship. God is devoted to us. Our response is devotion to him. And this life of holiness is the acceptance and the nurturing of a gift that is given to us. You know, this life-giving relationship that Christ died on a cross, rose from the dead in order to give us. It's built on surrender and it's built on trust. You know, just imagine um, what a difference it would make in your life if you change, you know, if you change the way you looked at holiness and adopted this rehab, positive, relational view of holiness. Instead of focusing your life on the struggle of avoiding sin all the time, holiness becomes the pursuit of, a, of true love in your life, a life of intimacy with God. Instead of a drudgery, some people make it, to, make it out to be. Holiness could, be, could actually be joyful, could be delightful. See? And... and that which is a delight ceases to be a duty, you know, and becomes the, the pursuit of your greatest happiness. <clears throat> it turns out that, that God doesn't want us to be holy because he's a killjoy. He wants us to be holy because he wants us to be happy. St. Augustine, again, said this. No one is happy unless he is holy. John Wesley, you know, said that Christianity is holiness and happiness. They actually go together. Contrary to what many think, God's call to holiness is actually an invitation to joy. And you'll discover that every choice to pursue holiness results in more happiness, not less. The pathway to holiness is submission to Christ and his love in your life. Submission is a choice. A choice that we have to continually make. Will you choose holiness today, right now? Let's just wait in the presence of the Lord. 
You know, we are surrounded at this moment. We are, we are surrounded by God's love in this very moment, in this very place, right now. We are submerged in his love. That's not, I, I didn't make that up. That's what the psalmists talk about. We are in his presence. Let's wake up right now in his presence. And again, as he calls us to himself, let's say yes. Let's say yes to, you know, choosing to live a life that's pleasing to him. Just close your eyes if you want. <clears throat> Allow his, you know, his spirit to wake you up to his the realization that he's here with you right now, inviting you into this type of love, life. Lord, as we sit in your, your presence, we're just the thought that, that a perfect, all-powerful, almighty, holy God would invite us to have this intimate love relationship with him is just mind-boggling that that you love us so much you want us for yourself you you've created us for intimacy with you so that you could fill us with your life and your love and your joy and I pray Lord that you will help us to understand what true biblical holiness is really about. It's not about rules, it's about a relationship. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as your spirit makes a home within us, that you'll remind us each day. You'll wake us up each day to the, an awareness that your, your love surrounds us and that we can say yes every moment of that day, yes to you and to surrender to you and your love. Lord, <clears throat> this idea of holiness has, 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 you know, there's so much misunderstanding about what it, what it is and how to become holy. I pray that you'll let your truth, truth that comes from your word, truth that comes from Jesus himself, let it, let it wake us up to the truth about living, the possibility, the actual possibility of being holy and living a holy life. And I pray that that truth will set us free to enjoy you. Help us to say yes. Help us to com continue to say yes to obedience and trust. And so in this moment, right now, we say yes. 
And when we leave this place, help us to continue in that moment to say yes and to keep on saying yes to you. And in that way, live holy lives. Jesus, in your strong, wonderful, powerful name we pray. Amen.